all language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a metaphor to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank again. A lot of shows going on this weekend. This is show <laughs> number five of our Star Wars celebration celebratory weekend where Dave and I are basically dedicating our entire souls to the fandom of Star Wars. Hello, David. How are you? Oh, my God, dude. This is tiring. <laughs> but in a good way, right? In a kinda, good way. It's kind of like sex. You know, you're like, oh man, I'm so tired now, but that was worth, worth it. it. It's it, today was worth it. Yeah, it's like one big sex orgy of Star Wars being jammed down our ears, our throats, if you like me to say it in your ass. I mean, <laughs> and w- listen. That's a bit too far. That would have been too far. L- l- hold on. L- listen. I will gladly lay on my back and spread my legs for Star Wars. I'm okay <laughs> with that. David, don't shame me because I'm open with my sexuality. I'm a pansexual. I like to fuck Star Wars. <laughs> I like to fuck Star Wars. Um, but then again, who wouldn't? Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> now, I, 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 I do abide by... You know what? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> We're going down a dark, dark hole and it's about to get really bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. So in today's discussion, or Anyways, in, remember family show, family, right, show. family show. And I shouldn't say in today's discussion, because that doesn't even make sense anymore. In this show, we're going to focus most of our attention on Clone Wars season seven, the return, the season we thought we'd never get. And as a Star Wars fan, Dave, you and I uh, have gravitated to this series for I mean, not for years since it debuted. Yes, it's a debuted. It quickly became a fan favorite, uh, even though many critics threw Rotten Tomatoes at the movie that kicked it off. Uh, the show, despite that, I don't know, critical blunder, because I enjoy it, the critical blunder, it managed to survive and become a thriving part of, of the Star Wars fandom. In a ways it it became its own thing too. It's it's a yes. fa- it's almost like a fandom within a fandom, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, without you can uh, you can always say that Clone Wars is the new generation of Star Wars fans because like we always break up the Star Wars timeline as a fandom in like the original era where you have the movies and then you had the dark times, which was in the 90s, late eighties and early nineties where we didn't get a lot. We didn't get a lot. We got a lot of books. We got a lot of comics right? and the expanded universe grew. But then about late nineties, we got clone wars and clone wars brought in that new generation of fans to star Wars. I mean, that was the whole point of George Lucas's, 
idea of wanting to bring new fans into Star Wars and Clone Wars yeah. was supposed to be it. Kind of rebranding, you're dealing with a, at that time, the franchise was about 30 years old, right? Around the time of the launch of Clone Wars, yes. give, or t- give or take a few years. And um, like I'll fr- never, franchises I'll never... grow old, Dave, they do. And in order to rejuvenate it, you have to bring in the younger demos. You I'll never forget. To. I'll never forget what George Lucas stated in when he made Clone Wars was he made it for kids and he got a lot of flack for it because like, oh, a lot of fans were like, no, Star Wars is meant I, for I, me. Wait, what? A lot of fans, what? Remember a lot uh, uh, it was a long time ago was an interview that George Lucas stated that he made Star Wars for children. Right. And then, like, the fan base, like, backlashed on him and said, no, Star Wars is for me. Star Wars is for everybody. But in a, what Lucas was trying to do was bring in that new generation. Right. That was the whole point of Clone Wars. It, yeah. It, it was to rejuvenate the franchise. Not that it, the movies didn't do that in the, in the mid-2000s, but for the most part, the franchise was, was aging. Yeah, it was and, dormant. And we already know what happens to franchises when you don't rejuvenate the pond. When you don't restock the pond, the franchise grows old. The, the demo of that, of that fandom grows old. They fall away. And uh, then you're left with a franchise that can't even afford its own budget like Star Trek. Yeah. Star Trek it, can't even make a movie right now because they don't have the budget to justify because they are a perfect example of a franchise that didn't restock. And their demo was vastly aging and and dying. And then that's why, you know, certain fandoms fade away. Like you don't see. Yeah, there's a lot of like, where's that quantum leap fandom? Where's the quantum? (laughs) Where's the murder? She wrote fandom. Murder. She wrote Golden Girls. (laughs) Yeah. Where's that? Golden Girls. They didn't restock the pond, David. (laughs) They restocked the pond. Here, give me a second. I need to the, the studio. I forgot to turn the air conditioning on in the studio. Oh, no problem. Give but me a like, second. Today was actually a really good day. I mean, we started off with the Mandalorian panel, and the Mandalorian panel started every uh, the whole day off like a really great roller coaster. You had that moment where they showed us the future of Star Wars, and basically how the Mandalorian actually is important to maintaining that that train that Kathleen Kennedy and Dave Filoni have started with Star Wars and they want to actually breach, uh, take it to that next level with Disney Disney Plus but they still didn't forget the fandom and then now we have the Clone Wars which we finally get a true definitive ending and I know a lot of people editing. are saying or editing a, a true definitive ending yes that fans wanted because like yes we got the lost episodes or what netflix called the lost episodes right and that was supposed to be the end and they've turned various story arcs into comic books and books so they managed to give closure to some of the fans some of the fans the funny part was true closure will never come though dave unless it's in the form of a season true closure and true closure would only happen if dave filoni did it himself because that's the thing that the first thing I pulled out of the panel listening to them talk was baloney was obsessed with the fact that he had to finish his story. He had to finish it. And yes, he was able to do the lost episodes, but that's not the ending that he want that, that he wanted that he wanted to actually do. And it, it, I really 
was it just dawned on me that when you look at Clone Wars, the story, yes, is about the the rise of Anakin Skywalker and his fall to Darth Vader. But is it, it though? It, yeah, exactly. And I like, think it's, it's much supposed more than to that. be. It's supposed to be actually centered around Ahsoka. It seems like that's what it became, and and obviously the clones themselves. The show the is the show is an ensemble cast. Well, that's what it really is at its at its core. Now, at the very beginning, yeah, it was a uh, it was a lot about Anakin, and it still is, arguably, very much so. However, a big takeaway that I took from this panel is it was very Ahsoka centric. Ahsoka centric. Now that could be for a couple reasons. A, the final season will use Ahsoka as that threat to keep everything tight, which you typically need that in every season of any TV show, whether it be Golden Girls or Clone Wars. You need you typically need to have that one main story arc or that main character that keeps everything connected and consistent th- all the way through from episode one to the final season finale episode. And it seemed like Ahsoka is going to be that. Now, she it can also be the fact that she is everyone's favorite character. I mean, let's be honest. That seems to be one of, I think, debatably, Dave, she is the most popular character that came from Clone Wars. Yeah, you could actually make that. You can make that statement. So they could also be marketing it. I, can't, I lost my train of thought. Oh, they, they could be using her as the face to market it, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, so. that's, that's how I feel about why this was heavily, heavily Ahsoka-centric was because in, in the long run, I honestly think that, that, that when you look at the Clone Wars story, that's what it was about, especially when um, Filoni alluded to the fact that they brought Ahsoka into Rebels and then it left that question open. Well, what happened in the middle of everything? Now, okay. Uh, yes, exactly. What happened in the middle of everything? But Dave, really fast. Did you notice um, there was a panel before this one where Ahsoka, I forget her name, the actress. Um, Ashley Eckstein? Yeah, Ashley Eckstein. She actually brought up the first season of Clone Wars and how they realized they needed to quickly change some of the things they were doing. So that's a general consensus, or at least that's something that's being talked that has been talked about. Because we all say that after the first season, the show really comes together. Yeah, it found it, fo- it found its footing. Yeah, and by she second me- season. Yeah, and she mentioned specifically her character that a lot of people didn't like her at first, and how it felt weird that people didn't like her. Then suddenly, out of nowhere, you know, she wakes up one day and it's like, wait a second, everyone's favorite character is me. <laughs> like you guys hated me. <laughs> You know, like in the first season, people didn't really care for her. And she said that had a lot to do with some of the childish things they gave her. You know, she was kind of snippy acting and they realized that they need to kind of pull away from that. And thankfully they did. And and look, we from that show, we were given one of the most iconic characters of all time while telling the story of other already established iconic characters. And that's the reason why Clone Wars is so great, because it's. It's the bridge of the fandom in so many ways. It's it's the one piece of Star Wars that I think most of us can agree on. Yes. Whereas, you know, you have things like The Last Jedi and maybe even Rebels and Resistance where people are like, ooh, is that for me? I don't know if I like it very much. Same thing with Solo. You can also argue Solo is that. Um, and, and then, of course, you have the, the divisive, contentious vibe of the original trilogy fans that refuse to like anything other than the original, <laughs> the original trilogy. trilogy and the clone wars has bridged many of those those fandoms within a fandom together and that's the success of clone wars in so many ways and that could never happen unless you have a creative genius behind the scenes 
And that creative genius is, yes, George Lucas, but also his protege, Dave Filoni, who to this day is doing great things because he had the opportunity to work under George Lucas, the master of this fandom. That was another thing that I was really happy with with this panel was like when Filoni came out and literally said, no, it's because the cast were all pointing to Filoni and saying he's our leader. He's the great he's the great. Dave Filoni, he's the one, the genius behind everything. And Filoni's like going, well, wait, wait a minute, guys. Wait a minute. He he appreciated that, but he basically said, this would never have happened if it wasn't for George. We can't forget George Lucas. Right. And I really, I, I was like going, this is why I love Dave Filoni. Yeah, because in an, a time <laughs> when it's... It's so easy to a, hate on George Lucas. In a time Lucas. where people take pot shots at Lucas. Yeah. And... It, and a lot of people don't. I mean, there's people that are embarrassed, Dave, to even say they like the prequels. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with there's the prequels. They're fucking fun. They're great. They're what Star Wars is supposed to be. Sure, there's some writing issues in Phantom Menace. I mean, not, you know, nothing that's a deal breaker. Take a few scenes out and boom, you have a pretty fucking fantastic movie. Yeah. But baloney, bring it back to who who we should all really be applauding. And that's, of course, uh, George Lucas. Filoni never allows that to go un, un- unvoiced. He he yeah. he always he always gives credit to George Lucas. Now I, I always tell people that when you look when you retro when you retro look back at George Lucas retro and those, look back retro look back. I think but, we're doing too much radio because none I of know, us we're you and I are words mixed up. Yeah, <laughs> but when you when retro we, look back <laughs> when we look back at George Lucas's work in pre, uh, in the prequels, yeah, we're like going. That was a very ambitious thing to do. Think about like what he wanted to tell. He wanted to tell this dark, tragic story of Anakin Skywalker, but he also wanted to pay homage to a lot of what made him a filmmaker. He wanted to do a war film. He wanted to do a, uh, I can't think of the term now. It's like the, the, the 1950 superhero films, Flash Gordon, the like Flash Gordon, the serials. He wanted to do that. When you look back at it, it's like George was a very ambitious filmmaker. And at that time, if you look at that, uh, that task, you would basically go, man, that's, that's really hard to do. But he, he still pulled it off. He might not have pulled it off perfectly, but he still was able to pull off with what he had. And that's why I always say George Lucas is still, a, uh, in regards, is one of the greatest filmmakers of any generation yeah, because of his creativity. All right. So let's bring it back to clone wars season seven and what Filoni was talking about. And he was talking about, uh, he voiced a challenge that he felt was one of the biggest challenges when it was brought to his attention that they may be bring back clone wars. And he was a bit concerned that a lot of time had passed that, uh, no, the crew, cause he felt like he couldn't do it without the crew. And, of course, um, having his mind when it comes to writing for Ahsoka, he's been writing uh, he's been writing for Rebels where she was much older and wiser. And he said the biggest challenges was, A, wanting to make sure he had the exact same crew or at least the, the, the pillars of that crew still involved. And the second big hurdle or challenge was the fact that he would have to bring his – he would have to go back there. He'd have to take his mind back to that time and focus on writing stories that would make sense for Ahsoka's character. Because as we know, in Rebels, we have to flash forward what? How many years? 
Uh, probably about 20. Uh, no, no, less no, no, than no, no, about 15, 15 years or so, roughly. And she's an adult. And he says that that was one of the biggest challenges is putting himself back, you know, taking himself back in time and, and, and reminding himself that she's not as wise as she was in Rebels. And, and he just was getting used to writing for that Ahsoka. And now he has to bring it back to a, an earlier time when she's the same person. Yeah. But minus minus the maturity. And that's that's really difficult because then you have to actually come up with reasons of, okay, how did she become this? And that's hard. Yeah. That's hard as a writer to actually come off. I mean, even with uh, Ashley Eckstein said, said was, even as a voice actor, it was tough for her to get back into that those shoes of a young Ahsoka. Right. Because she's she was playing this mature so- uh, Ahsoka who was wise and taught Ezra and everything. And then she has to go back to Ahsoka who, yes, at that time was mature for who she was. But she just left the Jedi Order. What and how do you get from that to all of a sudden she's beating the seventh sister? Well, that's going to be the, in my opinion, obviously it wasn't a challenge for Filoni because he's a genius and he already he didn't mention it as being one of his, one of his challenges. But you know, it was he says that one of the, he said that as the seasons progressed, there was a much smaller window. To work in and he yes. said that's another thing that he felt with season was seven. seven there was even a, a tighter window because now you're dealing with the events of solo a star wars story you're dealing with the events of rebels you're dealing with the events of revenge of the sith how are you going to bring this all together and that's one of the, the the things that we can expect from the seventh season and final season of clone wars not just wrapping up those loose ends but also making sure things are heading off in the direction of other ast- shows, movies, comic books that have already established some of these characters. Of course, we have the big question of where did Ahsoka go to after the Clone Wars series? Or yes. That's going to be something major they have to wrap up mm-hmm. and explain how she became Fulcrum in Star Wars Rebels. How did Rex go off into the sunset? And be with Gregor and Wolf on a planet. <laughs> and, right. And of course, Rex being uh, the legend he ends up becoming, not just because of Clone Wars, but because he was part of the um, the Rebel Alliance. As we know how Rebels ended, he fought alongside the Rebel Alliance up until the very end, until the Battle of Endor. So you have to set that up. And on the on a side note about Rex, one of the most amazing things I never realized till Dave Filoni pointed it out. Mm-hmm. D. Bradley Baker has been voicing Rex in all the clones. Yeah. Every single one of the clones. And when you take that into the scope, oh my God, that is amazing feat for a for a voice actor because yeah, they're all the same, uh, they're all the same physical person, you know, all the clones look alike. Yeah. But every single clone had its own personality. And little quirks. And it had own little yeah. quirks. And D. Bradley Baker had to work that into it into his voice acting. That's some skill, man. And like my favorite part when they were talking about Rex was like Filoni saying it was so fun, uh, fun for him to watch D just talking back and forth to himself. Yeah, and he, because he'd have to switch from here, then all of a sudden switch to Rex, switch to Wolf, switch to Gregor, and each of them have their own little quirks. There's a there's a nuanced aspect to the performance for each of those characters. That's just, I mean, if that isn't like a statement to that guy's or a testament to that guy's 
sheer skill in the craft. I don't know what is. That's why I'm excited to actually see that new team that Filoni created just for the series with the uh, quote unquote a team of the clones. Yeah. Where it's like this ragtag team of misfits and super soldiers and they all are completely different from each other. And Filoni said, that's all D. That's all D Baker. D's nuts. That's all him just basically talking to himself. (laughs) I'm like going, wow, that is impressive. And then going back to what you were saying about like the connections to that Filoni wanted to make sure to connect. That was cool. Seeing the, the, the sketch of mall and seeing that. Yeah. Filoni made sure that I had to make sure that there was, a connection to solo. We saw him in solo at the very end and the look of mall who's returning in this series almost matches what he's going to become. And it brings up the question, are they going to actually answer the uh, answer? The mystery of solo is Darth Maul becoming the leader of new dawn. Well, I'm sure because solo kind of died in the water, unfortunately, and I'm sure there's probably no present plans to get that story going that at least gives Filoni a creative avenue. He can take the story of Maul yeah. to show that those two storylines syncing up. I think that makes a lot of sense, especially because the events of solo Star Wars story is a lot closer to the Clone Wars season seven timeline than any other project. Yes whether it be rebels or rogue one. So there isn't, there's like what five years between clone wars and I think uh, less. Yeah. I dude. Think less. So I, that was a big question I had as a Darth Maul fan. I was like, okay, so how are we going to sync this up? And I was happy to see that, you know, Whitmer was actually out on stage talking about Maul skating that line of trust that Filoni keeps talking about. Cause he kept looking at him like, you be careful what you say. <laughs> I, know, I don't dude, want that, you ruin that everything. Was so cute. That was, that was actually cute. All the actors. Constantly, cute. What are you? Because they're, they're all looking at Dave Filoni going, I don't want to be cut from his yeah, trust yeah, tree. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just love to see his enthusiasm, uh, you know, Sam's enthusiasm oh, yeah. to be back to voice mall and, and just kind of send him off, especially since he also played the voice of Maul in Solo Star Wars Story. So seeing this whole little story arc come together, I think as a fan, just switching gears for a second here, just as a fan, you know, I'm sure we all have our own personal little wants that, that we that we feel like are must needs in season seven. But that is my personal fan want. I'm I'm open to what they do with with Ahsoka. I, I love her, but I feel like Filoni has I think most of us know where that journey is going to go. Where that ju- journey is going to go. There's still the mystery aspect of it, but I think most of us know it can only go in a, a couple different directions. But Maul, it's just, it's a mystery, which I think is funny since we already know his fate. Yes. We already know his fate, but there's still a mystery over Maul's fate. Like, where does he go from here? How does he get from A to B? So for me, that's one big fan want. Yeah. And for me, that the fact that they're bringing up the continuity of mall is fantastic. I mean, when Sam Whitmer even brought up that Ray Park was choreographing all of mall's movements, like the fact that Filoni was willing to go and get Ray Park and sit and bring him in to choreograph all of mall's movements and fight scenes. So all the fight scenes that we see with mall in, in uh, uh clone wars in season seven, that's all Ray Park. And that's what we got in Solo, which was 
we got to see Ray Park physically there with Sam Whitmer's voice. That continuity is amazing. Yeah. I, I really applaud. I know in this show we've always been Dave Filoni fanboys, but honestly, that shows the greatness of his mind saying that I got to keep this in mind to keep this continuity rolling because that affects not just the fans, but my narrative. Yeah. Now, bringing it back to the challenges and things that they're going to need to do with the closure of our characters, Anakin's a big one. And it feels it felt a little weird, Dave. And, I, and you and I both voiced this while we were watching the panel. It felt weird that Matt Latner, how do you say his last name? Latner. Latner. It's very weird that he was not sent. He wasn't front and center. Yeah. It felt strange that he came in later and they didn't really talk about it. Like, as I said, that the trailer was, was very Ahsoka heavy and very little Anakin. Now they could be saving that for the season. Maybe it's a, a, you know, hush, hush type thing, but you would think that this is the final season and we definitely would like as fans to see how he went ultimately from attack of the clones into the clone war series. And then who he is in revenge of the set, because between those two movies, he's a very different person. Absolutely. And I'm hoping this seventh season is going to show that, and don't get me wrong, I understand there has been that Anakin progression and they've dropped those breadcrumbs from day one, uh, especially with Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Council and that possibly being kind of like the final nail in the coffin for Anakin. I know a lot of people have been theorizing that for years, that maybe that that last thing that made him lose uh, faith or keep that connection to the Council was Ahsoka leaving. Yeah. And I feel like as a fan, I think that's what we need to see. We need to hear, I don't I don't think he needs to spell it out for us, but we definitely need to have that definitive moment when we all say, okay, this is where we can see his resolve as Anakin yeah. slowly accepting that he is not the Jedi he's supposed to be and that he may not agree with the Jedi Council. You got to remember that basically the one thing in Revenge of the Sith that I, when I look at Clone Wars, the difference of Anakin is really, really obvious because in Revenge of the Sith, he goes from Clone Wars Anakin, who is a mentor, level-headed, one of the best generals in the Jedi Order, to all of a sudden beheading Dooku without a second thought. Yeah. He basically just basically looked at Dooku, that scene, which is one of my favorite scenes in Revenge of the Sith, where he's, he, where Palpatine just looks at him and says, go ahead and kill him. And then without even second thought, boom, cuts his head off. No questions asked. Really? You have to, uh, and I, I've always wanted I to like know how he fell yeah. that badly from the Clone Wars. I, I don't want, I get what you're saying, but I don't need a TV show to explain things in a movie. Like, that's a little different. Like, I, I feel like those movies can stand on their own. You they, never, no, no, they can. So and I, I feel like that scene always worked just because just because we know the manipulative the manipulative ways of Sidious. Yes. However, we have a TV show. Exactly. And we have that opportunity. Yes. Why not take it? Ab, yes. Ab, exactly. My my thoughts like let's it would be awesome to see that to see why he would make a decision like that. Yeah, because we all assume when we get it. But yeah, let's let's see it. So I, I know a lot of emphasis is being put on Ahsoka and rightfully so. But 
let's not forget about uh, Anakin Skywalker. And I don't think they will. We're talking about Dave Filoni here. This guy knows what he's doing. I have 100%, you know, faith in him. There's not any doubt that this seventh season is going to be fantastic. At this point, I honestly want a Dave Filoni doll. Because a Dave Filoni doll. What do you want to like play with it? <laughs> I Jesus. want a hero worship Dave Filoni. You have like a string you can pull. I'm Dave Filoni. I'm Dave Filoni. Hello. <laughs> you can't take Dave. off my hat. <laughs> you, <can't. laughs> uh, you know what? Let's go to a very quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to talk about Ray Park's involvement. That Yeah, that's right. Ray Park is involved in the seventh season of Clone Wars. And if you don't know who Ray Park is, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> Until we get back. This is Star Wars from the Bucket Tank Exclusive. Here's a live recording of someone when they found out the news that Kathleen Kennedy would, in fact, be coming back as the king of Lucasfilm. All right, calm down. Calm down. Wait, everything I mean, will be okay. I think uh, Kathleen Kennedy used all those tears to make her her garden grow. <laughs> oh, look how vibrant my garden is, honey. Come here. Oh, I used uh, fan baby tears. Oh, that's a fantastic miracle grow. In fact, I'm gonna take an actual fan and I'm gonna imprison them unlawfully. I'm gonna put them next to my garden, and it'll be almost like a drip system. You know how drip systems work? How they just randomly water people's yards well i'm just gonna randomly have a fan cry over my garden garrett every time i need him to start crying i'll share an idea i'm like hey mr star wars fan uh the next tv show we have planned is gonna be starring an asian woman all right thank you that's enough that's all i need all right uh for the next star wars movie it's going to be featuring two mexican men common STI, the number of cases of the new antibiotic-resistant strain is slowly on the rise. Yeah, I like how, like, we're being attacked by measles, polio, and now a super Super gonorrhea strain. How can we weaponize this and give it to AOC, Jenny McCarthy, and Kim Jong-un? I will infect an entire nation. We will defeat North Korea by giving them gonorrhea. (laughs) Thomas, I think you're the perfect soldier. You're, like, the STI Rambo, because you like men and women. You could just... Leave me behind enemy lines? Yeah, we'll just drop you there with no condoms. I'm like, get to it. You are our Captain America. <laughs> You're our gonorrhea soldier. This mission, should I choose to accept it? Our super gonorrhea soldier. Jesus. It's time to send in our, our super soldier, everybody. <laughs> you guys remember uh, Vietnam? Yeah. We're gonna do it all over again, but with gonorrhea this time. Send Thomas in. He needs air support over. Find all the loosest sluts in downtown Phoenix and bring them 
on board the airplane. I'm going to need a bottle of Viagra, six cases of Gatorade. What about and a the headband. Navy SEALs, sir? What about the Navy SEALs? No, 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 no. We need, uh, we need Trixie, Cindy, and Lola from around the corner. <laughs> Thomas is the general. He will lead the charge with the STI invasion. Sir, they don't have gonorrhea. Thomas! Thomas! Yeah, yeah. We need you to go ahead and infect these sluts, sluts, I mean, whores, I mean, ladies, soldiers. <laughs> we have just found our inside man. Mr. President, it would be my honor. To be inside men. <laughs> to do you know, it all. I, I gotta make sure you're fully prepared. Whip the deck out. I want to make sure there's some discharge there. Come on. Oh. It's not gay. Let me touch it. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. What I conceive in the trunk, they just believe in the sun. Bitch, best believe in the one. I got that bump in the back with the box all right welcome back everybody star wars from the back to tank if you're just now tuning in you're just now tuning in you have missed quite a bit however you can always pick us up on demand via itunes stitcher google play and spotify just search Star Wars from the back to tank. This is our fifth show that has been dedicated to all the events, news, all that good Star Wars stuff that has come from Star Wars Celebration 2019. And you can pick up the first three shows now available on demand. You can pick them up. Show four and five will be hopefully available either later this evening or first thing tomorrow morning. Okay, Dave. So let's talk about Ray Park. First off, Ray Park is is Darth Maul. Yes. Okay. He's also the man that could be considered the creator or godfather of these Jedi arts. Okay. Because he's the one who designed those fight scenes. Yes. And a lot of people don't give him that credit, but he is a stunt coordinator as well. That's how he started in the business. He designed many of those fight scenes that we saw in the prequel trilogy. And from that, we get something that's going to be forever a part of Star Wars. And it's the Star Wars martial arts, essentially. 
I'm not calling it. I'm not saying it's Terakasi. I'm just saying his style. His style, yeah. The style that became famous through his portrayal of Darth Maul. So it'd only be fitting that someday Ray Park would be brought in not just to play Darth Maul in Solo, where he stands there in a hollow image, which that was great. But now he's being brought back in to portray Darth Maul. This might sound a little confusing. In Clone Wars Season 7, because Sam Whitmer, Whitmer is the voice of Maul. Yes. So what's Ray Park's part in all this, David? He's going to be doing mocap. Yep. Motion capture is how they're going to animate Darth Maul in Season 7. How fucking awesome is that? I know. Just as, just as I said, it's amazing that they're willing to go all out on the series. They want to make sure that all the answers, all the questions will be answered for all fans. And the fact that Ray Park just bringing in a a consistency. Yeah. Ray Park is coming back. Dude. Have you seen him lately? He can still go. He's not an old man. He's not an old man. And like the fact that, Come on, David. Despite the fact that people called him fat on Instagram a few years ago, or less than a year ago after the premiere of Solo, like, hey, I hit them. Ray, Ray Park <laughs> looks like he gained some weight. I'm like, no, they aged, they aged him in Solo, you assholes. assholes. <laughs> you like, oh, Ray Park looked horrible. I remember Ray Park was so hurt, he went to Instagram and posted Just a photo. Pose, He's like, guys, yeah. I'm not fat. Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> That was so awesome when he did that. Well, as a bodybuilder, that's the worst thing you can hear. Listen, nobody wants to be told they're fat, but especially a bodybuilder who has dedicated his entire life to working out and being fit. And then someone tells you, you look fat. That's going to shatter your world. (laughs) That's why I started laughing because he immediately went to Instagram and took a photo of his abs. I'm like, hey, I'm not fat. fat. (laughs) So that being said, Ray Park is brought back yet again into Star Wars to do the motion cap and that's awesome because nobody can fight like ray park there's a specific style and as we know you could animate it all you want you can you can study images and and old footage but nothing beats the real deal and animating based on that motion capture yeah these fight scenes in clone wars i am going to be so excited to see how amazing that they're actually going to do fight scenes for season seven Via motion capture. Yeah, via mocap. That's awesome. That is that is really cool. That's actually, I don't think that they've never, I don't think they've ever done this before where they decided, okay, we're going to do mocap for the for the fight scenes in, in the old Clone Wars. Series. No, yeah, no, I, they definitely have not done it for previous seasons of, of Clone Wars. They might have done it. I wouldn't doubt if they have been done for other mainstream big budget cartoons because i know that but they none come to mind they didn't even do it for rebels with with the fight scene with uh maul in the very end of twin sons because the animators literally just took old footage to copy darth maul's movements because they we all know that that was supposed to be the the narrative piece of that whole season or or that whole episode was maul coming full circle and trying to do the same technique that he did in phantom menace they didn't do mocap for that. They just basically took footage of Phantom Menace and tried to copy it. So I'm really intrigued with the idea of mocap, real action, 
being done in animation. What is it going to look like? It's got to look awesome, dude. Because just like what you said, there's nothing better than actually getting honest to God fluid movement. Well, it's just like we talked about in the Mandalorian discussion earlier today. Favreau and Filoni were talking about the physicality of the world of Star Wars and how you always got to keep that there. There's got to be that tangibility. And he kind of made fun of Filoni and said, you can't really do that with cartoons. Well, he's doing it now. (laughs) He's doing it now. He's doing it now. And I mean, look at look at the another another great example of how mocap's used. It was the uh, footage they showed for uh, Fallen Jedi. Yeah. What, what Respawn was doing with, uh, I think it's Cameron Monaghan. Yeah. That was really cool getting to see, yeah. see that he was acting on stage with everything on those scenes. And when it transitions into what they showed for those cut scenes – it looked great. It looked actually crisp. It looked clean. And now taking that into stock, oh my god, dude, when you look at the what they're able to do with the animation in Clone Wars, what are we going to get? Yeah. It's probably something we've never seen before. Yeah, well, if they're willing to put that much effort into things and you got to remember we're also dealing with a Disney budget. We're not dealing with just Lucasfilm. Before Lucasfilm it did wonderful things with the budgets they permitted various projects, but nothing can compete with the power of Disney and the budgets they have. And I'm sure the seventh season of, of Clone Wars was probably given a much bigger budget than previous seasons, which is another reason why, you know, Hey, it's a good thing. Disney, the, the buyout happened yeah, because it opened up options like this. It opened up avenues that they can actually possibly go because, now their budgets are just like doubled and tripled. <laughs> yeah. Now it was nice to see the crew all together and to kind of put faces to the name, to the voices, just because I have never really followed. I'm not a big uh, guy that I'm not, a, I'm not big on following the actors on things unless I'm really drawn to their particular performance for whatever reason. Like I follow Sam Whitmer. I follow Ray Park because I'm really drawn to their work. Yeah. And they're two iconic actors at this point in the game. They really are. And um, so it was fun to see them just slip in and out of character, talking as themselves and then slipping into character and seeing how they play multiple characters. Some of those actors play two or three different characters. Yeah. And I just wasn't aware of that. In fact, the guy that plays Grievous also does the voice the of, voice for of the, the troop for the, the, the battle droids. Battle droids. Yeah. So and that, like. That that in itself, dude, I'm really I think voice acting, a lot of the voice actors don't get a lot of credit in in the series and in the industry as a to- as a whole, because voice acting is a really a lost art. It, it it's only come into its own now because like a lot of people like in geek culture The rise of video games as the well. rise of video games yeah. and and the rise of geek culture have embraced voice acting and voice actors because they portray the characters that everyone loves. And it was funny seeing the fact that, uh, I think it's, I, I forgot the name, the, I forgot his name, but I think it's the guy who plays Yoda mm-hmm. was like, he's the, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like across the continent with, uh, acting with these guys. But to me, these guys are still my family and I still do the voice acting to this day. And he's the voice of the narrator on top of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So it was overall it was a good panel. There was a lot of uh, ball tapping, or I should say ball tickling. They're, they were very tight-lipped on story. We were, you know. They uh, can't escape. They can't. They can't get out of that trust tree, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we as as a, as a viewer was lucky enough to see four different sequences of footage that they shared, as well as a trailer. Which the trailer I will attach to uh, this discussion on our webpage when it goes live. Now, Dave, keeping it to Dave Filoni, we're going to move past Clone Wars for a second here and talk about Star Wars Rebels, another great series that he started. Oh, my God, dude, that panel that no one knew about. <laughs> it was a secret panel. What the fuck? <laughs> can I just complain for a second? Yes. yes I've been very can. positive this entire fucking weekend, <laughs> but I'm going to complain about this. Get your fucking panel schedule down <laughs> fix your panel schedule make sure you understand when things are going to broadcast because you released a panel schedule and it's missing at least three or four panels a day yes how do you not promote on your website the dave filoni panel on saturday we just accidentally stumbled yet yeah, remembering rebels <laughs> and we stumbled Across it by accident, and we both looked at each other and said, Wait a second, what's this panel going on right now? Wait a minute, is that Filoni? Wait a minute, that's that's Ezra. <laughs> yeah, they had the they had three of the cast members from Rebels, and they were talking about uh of course blowing Filoni, because everybody loves Filoni. If you're an actor, you're gonna like Filoni because the guy can write his ass off. Yes. And you know that if he's gonna cast you in something, he's going to give you something rich and something that you can, you know take a bite out of something you could sink your teeth in now Filoni did get some questions yes and you know how those go from the <laughs> audience they can either <laughs> i swear dude yeah if you were if you were there i could see like you were like twitching every time someone asked no, him a I, 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 I could never be the boss of a panel because i'd be if i was up there I'd be like shut the fuck up <laughs> i'm like who said that who said that we sing it through my teeth <laughs> This guy asked a question. There were some good ones, but I'm going to get to this one first. The guy asked a question, and it was a typical nerd question. I'm like, dude, you have Filoni right in front of you, and you're asking a stupid, insulting question, questioning his story decisions. He's all, <laughs> he's all excuse me, Filoni. <laughs> and, one, yeah. and he sounded like the classic nerd. Okay, he was a mouth breather. He's like, hey, excuse me, Filoni. Uh, uh, I, I have a question for you. Uh, uh, I was just wondering uh, if um, what was your decision? Uh, what were you thinking when uh, when uh, when uh, Callus, a, a a an imperial operative of high rankage, decided to become Falker? It just seems a little unrealistic. <laughs> how, how do you explain that? Now, now, Mike, if you were Filoni, how would you answer? I'd have said, "Get this fucking man out of here." <laughs> I would have I would have a security guard, but not like a normal security guard. He would be dressed like a Wookiee, uh, you know, uh, from Doctor uh, Doctor Afra's series. Yeah, I'm trying, Black Kristen. Uh, Black Kristen is that how you say his name? Yep. I would have someone dressed up in that garb. I mean, he looks just like he was ripped from a movie still. Okay, and I would just be like, I just point. And he would come and tackle anybody <laughs> with dumb questions. I'm you like, can, get the fuck out of my office. You can probably get Jonas to actually do it because like, just tell Jonas, you're not Chewbacca. You're Black Kristen. How do you ask Punch someone people. that though? How do you ask someone that? First off, it makes easy sense because what I would do really isn't after I tackled him, I'd make him, 
I wouldn't let him leave because I want him to face <laughs> my wrath. You remember the, the Gamorrean guards that were bringing Leia close to Jabba? You yeah. know, I'm Jabba in this scenario. Okay. And I would have them bring Leia, the, the person who asked the stupid question, really close to me. <laughs> I don't care if you have powerful, powerful friends. I don't care. I would be like, excuse me, sir. Thank you for that stupid question. Um, have you ever worked in the, in the military? <laughs> Do you know anything about true espionage? Are you a writer? Do you have any knowledge that would justify you questioning a story arc? And when, if he says no, I'd feed him to the Sarlacc, <laughs> which would just be some angry pit bulls. I'd keep, un- keep under my, my, my seat. Oh, no, you just look at the black, black Kristen and go rip his arms off. Yeah, that's easier. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand. Like you have Filoni here and you are at, you can ask him any question and you ask a question that can be considered insulting. But dude, that's why I love Filoni because Filoni was like, that's a really interesting question. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here to tell us these things. things. And I'm like going, oh my God, he just got pimp slapped. It's just stupid. All right. So what was the next question? They asked him about um, (laughs) the awesome scene in Rebels where they found the entrance to, what's a good way to explain? It had to do with Mortis, father, son, daughter. Father, son, daughter. And it was... Filoni giving this was our interpretation when we discussed and broke down the episode was a year and a half ago now. Yes. And we first off, I want to say that I'm very happy with ourselves that we got it pretty fucking close. Oh, dude, I was so happy. He he explained it the only way he would want to explain it as an artist. You don't really explain your art. So he he basically said what is not. That's what he said. And he said, okay, because they asked about the time travel aspect in Rebels and how you basically opened a portal that would allow people to jump to different times. And, he's, and you messed with time travel. You introduced time travel into Star Wars. And Filoni, the first thing he said is, well, first thing he said was, okay, um, I can see how you can think it's time travel, but it's not time travel in that, in and how you're thinking. Of yeah. it. It's, he's, it's something very different. It's not just simply time travel. I never viewed it as time travel. Never viewed it as, as them going back in time or going into the future. Uh, and he's all, and I'll just kind of leave it at that. And he didn't really go into explain it, go into detail and explain it. He just left it just at that, which I, I, I think open-ended. that's open-ended, which I think is smart. You don't ever want to close. There's a reason why to this day, the director of Blade Runner hasn't explained who Harrison Ford really was. Well, yes. up until the up new, until the new one. Right. Okay, there's a reason why because the mystique, the mystery, it it adds to the story and people keep coming back and it becomes one of those things that people discuss and debate. Yeah. You never want to explain certain things. But the way he kind of steered the conversation, the portal was more or less the manifestation, a visual manifestation of how Yoda explained what the what the force does is an energy field that binds the galaxy it's the way obi-wan i should say explained it. it's an energy field that binds the galaxy and then yes. it goes back to yoda's explanation of 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 being able to see the future and how it's always in, in motion and it's hard to really know what will happen and he and the cool thing was he alluded it's, it's to more the, spiritual than scientific yeah he alluded that it was more important to ezra that was the thing 
it's Ezra's manifestation. It's kind of like an internal manifestation. The force has a, we all have different manifestations of the force within us. And he kind of alluded to the fact that this is kind of like Ezra's manifestation of it. You know how, and dude, the whole panel, I love the fact that Filoni, the way he explained the force in his own opinion was like, it's all based on Ezra. Look at, look, look how we portrayed the force with Ezra, Mm -hmm. how it's all nature driven, all the wolf symbolism. Why? Because it's nature driven. That's what Ezra's talent lies with the force. It's, it's interesting to watch Filoni talk about Star Wars all alone by himself. Yeah. It reminds me, Dave, of listening to George Lucas talk about Star Wars because there's a certain bit of there's a certain bit of knowledge. Philosophy. Okay. When someone that has lived and breathed something, there, there isn't a, a doubt or a question as they speak. It's it's just matter of fact. And when you listen to J.J. Abrams talk or any other director, they kind of leave it as a question. And that's how I view Star Wars. Or, you know, it's, it's not absolute in how they're explaining things. It's like they're going on what they've seen in Star Wars. Not saying anything bad about them. Just saying it's, it's very different. Whereas with George Lucas, he's the creator. So there's a definitive – there's a definitiveness to it. There's an, there's an absolute thought. It's like, well, this is how it is. This is what I did. This is how it works. And that's exactly how Filoni talks about Star Wars. There's a casualness. There's a casual way he explains things. There's no second guessing himself. There's no questioning. There's no, well, this is how I see it. It's, it's him talking as if he created. It's his baby. He understands Star yeah. Wars through and through. There's something behind it that he, he knows. Yes. And that's why it's so much fun to just listen to him talk because it does remind me. Of all those years growing up in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, when we all gravitate to anything George Lucas did in terms of interviews and listen to how he explains things. There's a there's a know it allness to it in a good yeah. way, you know, in a, a good way. Yeah. And so that's anything, why we need to wrap this show, Dave. So if there's anything else you want to bring up uh, quickly before yeah. we close out today's show that you feel like we need to bring up in relation to that panel, in relation to that panel. Uh, in regards to the rebels, the one thing that I really loved was the fact that it just reaffirmed everything that me and you were talking about as we watched the season of rebels. It reaffirmed all our ideas of how the force works, what Ezra's story was. What we, that we were pretty fucking meant. close, right? We were close. Uh, and, and almost every interpretation, in any moment in Rebels that was interpretive. You know, the, we were pretty t- fucking close. Today was a kiss Dave Filoni's ass day. Absolutely. I'm going to take this moment to kiss our own asses because we got a yeah. lot of stuff right. Yeah. When you looked at Rebels and it, it, it really puts it in perspective that damn Rebels was so damn good. And that's why that panel was so awesome because he, he even said this. He's like, Hey, you know what? I can actually talk. He's like, this is a panel where I can actually talk and answer <laughs> questions because most of the time he's promoting something that hasn't yeah. come out or he's in the middle of writing the series and he can't over explain things because it would ruin the show. And that that's, that's one thing that was totally fucking cool about that panel. You know, rebels remembered because he could actually talk about the series 
And of course, you had that question of where is Ahsoka and where is Sabine and what where's are they doing? Ezra? Where's Ezra? Where's Thrawn? And he just looked and ignored it. Yeah, that was the funny part. And he would he would just have that smile that basically said that I know where they are. Yeah, he knows <laughs> where they know are where they and are. he knows what Sabine and Ahsoka are up to. But guess what? He's not going to share it with us. Yeah, right he's now. not going to share it with us right now. Yeah, it was a fun panel. Overall, I've, I've had a great time with every panel and Star Wars Celebration has been such a fantastic, you know, I, I feel like this celebration was so much more exciting because there was things, there was things that, that we could talk about besides just, hey, in two years, there's going to be a movie. Exactly. Hey, a new comic book series is coming out. No, we're talking about TV shows coming out. TV shows. So super exciting. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to yet another Star Wars from the Back to Tank broadcast. I think people can tell we're slowly falling apart and getting tired because we can no longer <laughs> form complete sentences. Or like, do, thoughts. You remember, do you remember when we actually said there's not enough Star Wars news going on? Well, now there is. And yet, Dave, we can probably sit down here for another hour and add more to this panel. Oh, discussion. There was so much going on yeah. today. Jesus. All right. Thank you, David. Thank you. May the force be with us. Ah, yes. Ah.